0: If someone asked us, what are you afraid of? We might hesitate to answer that question, you know, seems kind of childish, monsters under the bed and that sort of thing, that we don't want to expose how we are vulnerable. But if we pay attention to our fears as they rise up inside of us, we discover we're not only afraid of bad things, things you see in scary movies and encounter in haunted houses, but also we can be scared of good things. That John Wesley, years ago, fostered a tradition inviting people to gather annually, usually around the first part of the year, for a service of commitment, where people had an opportunity to recommit themselves to Christ, knowing that it is easy to lose sight of that deep and abiding commitment. And he sat down to write the words that people would say collectively every year, and there's a couple lines in what he wrote that jump out because they seem to name those fears about what is good, that we would say together, Christ has many services to be done, some are suitable to our inclinations and interests. Others are contrary to both. In some, we may please Christ and please ourselves. But then there are other works where we cannot please Christ except by denying ourselves. That we are called to good things. And some of them please Christ and please ourselves. But then there are other good things that call from us tremendous dedication and even courage. And in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus seems to address. These kinds of fears where the early church, those first readers of the gospel of Matthew, are facing criticism. That people are looking down on them and discrediting them. That they are facing real dilemmas and serious decisions. So Jesus invokes this common proverb. Remember a disciple is not above the teacher. That the teacher's struggles are the student's struggles. That Jesus faced criticism, so the early church faced criticism. That they should not expect anything different than Jesus' experience. So they are invited to hold fast to what is most good to all the ways of Jesus to the steadfast love of Christ even if they are afraid of where the ways of Jesus might lead them and to offer reassurance Jesus quotes yet another common proverb that even the hairs on your head are counted, that God knows us, loves us, and stays with us, that Jesus said, do not be afraid because you are of more value than many sparrows, which is both comforting and a little odd. Because sparrows were cheap and common. They were an inexpensive meat that you could purchase at the market. It would like be walking through the grocery store and picking out spam to put it in your cart. That people would walk through the market and see the sparrows and quietly look down on those who put the sparrows in their grocery cart. They were not purchased by the wealthy. They were purchased by the poor. So this is a very low bar to clear. We are more than sparrows. But those with eyes to see will see. And those with ears to hear will hear. That what is discarded And discounted by others is cherished by God. There are those moments where we face criticism, where we are overwhelmed with fear, where we are discounted or discarded, but no one is ever forgotten by God. That we are more than sparrows. And we can face our fears because God is for us. But what is worth this kind of struggle? David Brooks tells this story about Abraham Lincoln during the time where he was still trying to galvanize support to resist the Confederacy. So he went with his Secretary of State, William Seward, and Presidential aide, John Hay, to go see General George McClellan, hoping to recruit him so he could provide necessary leadership for those efforts. Well, they arrived to McClellan's home only to discover that he was out, but the butler showed these travelers to the parlor and assured them that the general would be home in about an hour. So they patiently waited. But then the general arrived home And even though he was notified that the patient travelers were in the parlor, he walked right by them and didn't say a word, completely ignoring them. And they sat there for yet another hour, wondering when the general would come see them. Well, finally, the butler comes into the parlor again to notify them that the general had decided to retire for the evening and would not be meeting with them that day. Well, John Hay, the presidential aide, was absolutely furious. How could anyone disrespect the president in this way? Well, Lincoln remained calm. He said, Better at this time not to be making points of etiquette and personal dignity. That Lincoln was focused on something much bigger than himself. That he decided to overlook this personal slight because there was something more important. And when we consider the hopes and dreams of the gospel, there are times where we have to overlook what is hard and to face what is fearful in order to care for others. And it is worth it. But there are times when our fears seem far more important. It's why Stanley Harawas writes, Christians lead lives that would be unintelligible if God wasn't present to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That it is the only reason why it makes sense to say That we find our lives by losing them. It's why Paul describes baptism by saying, when we are baptized into Christ Jesus, we are baptized into his death so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, so we may too walk in newness of life. That we seek life in the face of death. We seek light in the face of darkness. And this very thing, finding our lives by losing them, can be terrifying. But if we can name it and admit that it is frightening, then we can embrace it, that it is offering compassion to others, which is scary, because we have to learn to show up and walk alongside of them, which changes our direction, and it's extending empathy to others, which is terrifying, because you have to look at the world through their eyes, changing what we see, that it is a commitment to our neighbor, which is frightening because we learn to share in their world, which ends up changing ours. In the poem by Mary Oliver, When Death Comes, she writes these beautiful and insightful words. She writes, when it's over, I want to say that all my life, I was a bride to amazement. I was a bridegroom taking the world into my arms. I don't want to end up simply having visited this world that we do more than visit this world when we find our lives by losing them. That that is the way of love, and since the student is never above the teacher. The joys and the struggles of Jesus will be our joys and our struggles as well. But because we are more than sparrows, we can recommit ourselves to all the ways of Jesus. Amen.